All right. Good evening, everybody out there uh, listening. Just want to uh, welcome you uh, here uh, this evening. My name is uh, Marco Barnes, and uh, tonight we're going to be in uh, the book of uh, John. We're going to start off in uh, John uh, 14, and we're going to read verses uh, 1 through 6. Uh, so I'd like to uh, welcome all those out there listening uh, online, uh, on um, uh, the internet out there. Uh, so God bless you. I pray that uh, the Lord's grace and peace would be with you um, today. Uh, so John fourteen six, starting in verse 1, the Word of God says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That, where I am, that you may also be. And know the way that where I am going... Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you would, uh, join me in a, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We praise you. We love you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Father, we just come together in the name of Christ. We pray, Lord, that... Um, that uh, all that we say and all that we do would bring you honor and bring you glory. Father, we pray for all those who are listening to the word uh, here today, that uh, you would touch their heart, you would open up their minds to be receptive to your word and to your will and to your way. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I want to ask you a question. When you hear the word salvation, uh, what do you think about uh, the words uh, salvations, when I look them up and uh, kind of come up with some different words uh, out, of the, out of the dictionary, one word comes up is uh, deliverance, escape, extraction, a lifeline, a pardon, a redemption. Uh, even the word reprieve comes up. The word restoration comes up. And also the word rescue comes up. For many of us who live here in the South, we're in Texas, our thoughts automatically go toward, uh, toward Jesus and uh, toward the cross or maybe even toward church. Uh, I think we've just been brought up that way. We've always heard things said like that and done like that. We just always have thought that way, I believe. Many of us have uh, probably even grown up in church, had the experience going to church with, uh, with our moms or dads, or maybe our grandma, grandparents brought us to church, and we have some kind of knowledge of what salvation is. But not everyone thinks this way. Not everyone has, uh, has uh, had that opportunity. I would say many people in our culture today have a distorted view about what salvation is. Some think uh, it is church membership. And some think that uh, it's just living right. Some may think it's uh, by trying to keep a set of rules and a set of laws, or, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the Ten Commandments exactly. And some may think it, uh, it all depends on their good works. Um, and just hoping that they won't do bad things and their good works will outweigh their bad works, and that'll, that'll get them uh, to heaven. You know, some may think that uh, when, when they die, the scales will be tipped that way. I want to tell you that, um, that they think that that will get them to where, um, to where they feel heaven is. Um, some don't think about it at all. Some think that uh, when they're here in this life, they just continue to live and until it's over, then poof, it's no more. But I tell you, there, there's a life out there, and, and in this life, uh, some people have this idea that, uh, you know, we need to eat, we need to drink, and we need to be merry, and for tomorrow, we will die. So they try to get everything that they can. 
And our world is full of uh, hundreds and probably thousands of different religions, uh, different cults, different teachings, people searching for some form of spirituality. And all these religions have their own idea about what salvation is and how a person gains salvation. I would say sometimes even within the Christian community, the Christian dome, there are different ideas uh, and different views about salvation. And all this can be very confused, confusing. And it can cause division and it can cause doubt in a person's heart. And there are so many wandering around out there in this like cloud of confusion. And maybe some of you listening here at this very moment may have had some of these same thoughts. You know, it may be, may be tough to admit out there, but um, have you ever truly given your life to Jesus? Have you ever truly thought about what it means to follow Christ? You want to believe that... Um, <clears throat> that uh, you're all in, and uh, everything that you, you do, uh, you want to commit 100%. And I tell you that um, there's got to be more to life uh, than what you're experiencing right now. It's got to be more than just kind of chasing uh, the dream. Sometimes um, something way down and deep, maybe even gnawing inside of you and gnawing away at you, telling you, that something is missing and something's just not quite right on your life, but you can't quite put your finger on it. I know for many people, uh, there's an emptiness in your heart and you just can't, you can't explain it. And you might be a, a person out there who, who hasn't set foot in a church in years. Maybe you had a bad experience with somebody at, at a church but you know there's, there's still a, a void there in your life and you can't quite fill it. But for, for some reason, no matter how many times you go to church, it's still there. No matter how many times you try to do good things, this emptiness is still there. And no matter how many times you go through this religious motion, and you may have said the right things or thought you've done the right things, but this emptiness is still within your heart and you can feel it within your soul. And there's still something missing and you just can't quite, you can't quite figure out what that is. No, sure, for a little while you, you kind of push forward and you become preoccupied with other things. I always think about that movie, The War of the Roses. Uh, if you remember the Mrs. Rose, she, uh, she's raising her kids and she's doing a tremendous job. They go off to college and she thinks, what's next, what's next? So she starts remodeling the house. I mean, just fixes it up, new carpet, new paint, new furniture, and spends like, it seems like, I would say, a year or more redoing the house. And then the house is done. And she thinks, well, well what's next? Well, well, what is next? She was so trying to preoccupy her mind with what's next. What can I do next because of this emptiness inside? And the truth is that the world would have us believe that salvation is something that we really don't need. And salvation is something we really don't have to worry about right now. We can do that later. There's always time. There's a way in society that we're living our lives right now is, is kind of like that, that's always time. I tend to think about that story about the monkey, you know, where the monkey sticks his hand in a jar and, he, and he's grabbing this big piece of fruit. And he's trying to pull his hand out and he's trying to pull it out, but he can't pull it out because his hand is wrapped around this big piece of fruit. And oftentimes in life, that's who we are. We got our hands in the cookie jar and we're trying to grab everything we can. And we don't realize that we're losing our life by doing this. We're so focused on the fruit inside of the jar that if we realize if we just let it go, 
So many of us see the stuff of this world that tells us that's what we need to be somebody. We look for power and we look for prestige and we look for position and we look for possessions and we we look for comfort. And oftentimes we find that in our careers as we're climbing that social ladder. And we just decide that we're going to go for it. We take matters in our own hand and we start climbing the ladder. And for a while, things things may go great. And we convince ourselves that it is the right thing to do. We should be doing this. And for a while, people are telling us how great we are and you're doing such a good job and that's such a good decision. <clears throat> and then we're surrounded by all this stuff that we thought that we needed and we thought that we couldn't live without. In fact... Others are even gathering around us affirming this. So we think we must be doing the right thing. They're urging us on, just telling us it's great. Ain't it great? But then the sobering truth kind of sets in. And you've surrounded yourself by all the trappings of this world. This stuff, this life. It's not what I thought it would be. Have you ever been there? Searching so much, and then when you finally got to where you thought you wanted to be, it's, it's not quite what you thought it was. Seemed like a good idea at the time, but now there's, there's nowhere for me to go. I want to tell you that that's when Jesus steps into the picture. Oftentimes I've seen it, that's exactly when you come to the crossroads with Christ. That's when the truth of His salvation comes clearly into focus. We started off with John 14, 6, and I want to tell you that Jesus is the way, and Jesus is the way out, but Jesus is also the way in. He's the way out. When Jesus is the way out, and with all this world is crumbling down beside us, this world system is crumbling around us, true salvation is accepting by faith the fact that Christ is the only way out of the mess that we've gotten ourselves into, of the sin that traps us. You know, um, there's a lot of construction here where we live at in Texas. <clears throat> it seems like everywhere you go, some some road is under construction. I saw this road sign the other day, and it said, the road ends in a thousand feet. And it reminded me, one time I was in uh, Rockport on a fishing trip with my family, and we're, we're driving along the, the coast there, and all of a sudden the road just stopped. There was no sign. There was no warning. It just it just ended, and and there was no... Nowhere to go, no, nothing to do. It just We had to turn back around and try to find another way. I thought, how weird is that? That a road would just stop and that a road would just end. And I feel like that's exactly how life is. We're clicking right along and then all of a sudden our road comes to an end. We've met this, this barrier. I heard this story once about Albert Einstein. It said that um, he was on this train and he was, uh, I'm going to an out-of-town engagement, and the conductor stopped by, and he was punching tickets, and this great scientist preoccupied with his work was embarrassed that he was rummaging through his coat pockets and briefcase, and he couldn't find his ticket, and the conductor graciously declared, uh, oh, we, we all know who you are, Dr. Einstein. I'm, I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Just, it's okay. Everything is Okay. The conductor walked down the aisle a little bit more, punching more tickets, and before he moved to the next car, he looked back and he saw Einstein down on his hands and knees looking under the seat for his ticket. 
And he came back and said, it's Dr. Einstein. Please don't worry. We know who you are. It's okay. And Einstein came back and said to him, says, I too know who I am. But what I don't know is where I'm going. I want to say, dear friends, can I, can I ask you that same question? Can I ask you, where are you going? And what road are you on? See, Thomas asked Jesus, he says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered him plainly. He says, I am the way. And I want to tell you that Jesus is the way. True salvation is accepting by faith the fact that Jesus is the only way. He's the only road that gets us to a place called heaven, God's kingdom, a real place called heaven. The place that he said he was going, he said he's going to prepare a place for us. And not only is he the road that gets us there, he is also the gate that opens the way. In the book of John, chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus says, I am the gate. Those who come through me, Jesus, will be saved. Did you know that you will live forever? You will exist forever. That's eternity. The question is, is where are you going to live? Are you going to live in heaven? Or are you going to spend eternity in hell? And dear friends, I want you to know that Jesus is the way and he's the only way that you can know that you're going to live forever with him in heaven. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So I want to tell you that Jesus is the truth. I want to ask you, who are you listening to today? What are you listening to? Who's telling you truth? Is it the politicians? Is it the media? Is it the entertainment industry? You see, listening to the voices of the world simply leads you to an empty entrapment. And there is only one voice that you need to listen to, and that is the voice of truth. If you want to know what true salvation is and have true salvation in your life, then listen to the voice of Christ, the voice of truth. The voice of truth of trouble, and Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And some of you may be asking, like, well, well, why? Why would I, why would I trust? And I would tell you because Christ is the truth, and he is the life. Jesus is the life. You know, I think about life and death, and we'll all have to deal with this. We all have to deal with, with death at some point. We have to deal with both of them. Life can be full of joy and happiness, but sometimes life can also be full of pain and heartache. It can be thrilling one moment, and, and then sometimes it can just become crashing down all around you. Dear friends, as, as challenging as that is, that's the way life is in this world. Well, I want to say that Christians are not exempt from going through times like that. Knowing Jesus in this life assures that we can make it through those tough times. Knowing Jesus personally means that we will have life eternal, life abundant, 
life with purpose, with direction, with meaning, and with significance. You know, the Bible says that only a thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Does it mean it'll be a perfect life without any problems? No. But it means he'll be with you every step of the way. I think about this story from uh, Watchman Nee where he tells a new convert uh, who came to to see him. He was in deep distress. And he says, no matter, no matter how much I pray, no matter how hard I try, I simply cannot seem to, to be faithful to my Lord. I think I'm losing my salvation. And he says, he says, do you see that dog over there? He's my dog. He's house trained. He never makes a mess. He's obedient. He's a pure delight to me. But you see, out in the kitchen, I have a son. I have a baby son. And man, he makes a mess. He throws his food around. He soils his clothes. He spills his milk. He's just, he's just a total mess. But let me ask you, who is going to inherit my kingdom? Not my dog, but my son. My son is the heir to my throne. And dear friends, I want to tell you that you are Jesus Christ heir because it is for you he died for. We are Christ heirs, not through perfection, not through our good works, but by the means of his grace. You know, Jesus says, I came so they can have real life, eternal life, a better life than they ever dreamed of. Not an easy one and not a perfect one. We all have problems. But can I ask you a question? Do you know for sure where you're going? And today I want to give you the plain and simple truth, but a very important truth. Salvation through Jesus is absolutely necessary. And some of you may be asking that question again, but why? And I want to tell you it's because salvation through Christ is that we're all dead in our sins. But without that, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and felt short the glory of God. And it goes on to say in chapter 6, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ. Because without salvation, we stand condemned already. You see, in the Bible, John chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, the Bible says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the Son of God. So this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Because without salvation, we are under God's wrath. See, the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 36, Whosoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Let's say our own bodies testify this. You know, we have daily reminders of disease and of death and of, of decay. 
It seems like if you've made it over the age of 40, you now have some kind of mysterious disease. Something's wrong. And in the day we live in, that thing, new things are popping up all day long. We can't explain it. Sure, we try to take vitamins and we try to exercise and work out, but this is really just putting a Band-Aid on it. Like I like to use the expression, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. See, it's Jesus alone, Christ alone, and no other is the salvation of the world, for he is the Savior of the world. There was no one too good for salvation, and there was no one too bad for salvation. Salvation through Christ is amazingly simple. Kind of reminds me of that uh, nursery song we used to sing when I was a, a wee little lad in school. And it's, it was like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Isn't that simple? And that's the truth. See, in John chapter 3, verse 15 through 16, it says, For the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him, in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I think we all have heard that verse. We know it so well. To believe, to accept, to confess. I love this verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, If we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess the faith and are saved. So, dear friends, I want to ask you, I want to plead with you. Repent of your sins. Receive Christ as your personal Savior. You see, that that final part of Jesus' direction are to repent and receive him. Acts chapter 20 says, I have declared to both the Jews and the Greek that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. I say, it's so simple, most will stumble right over it. And many, many will miss that. It's kind of like the the warning signs that we need uh, on the traffic signs, road closed, road out, repent, repent. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And listen to this closely. And the Bible says that many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And hear me on this one. The Bible says that only a few find it. So my friends, I want to ask you on the road that you're on today, are you on the broad road with everybody? Are you on that narrow road with a few? That narrow road with a few is salvation is only through Christ and no one else. No other works will get you there. No other system gets you there. No doing a a bunch of good deeds gets you there. No amount of money gets you there. No amount of lighting candles gets you there. The scriptures are plain. It is eternal. 
It is everlasting, and it can be yours. Salvation doesn't begin when we die, but when we trust in Christ as our Savior. I want to tell you, it's not enough just to believe all the right things. The Bible says even the demons believe in Jesus and they shudder. But I want to tell you, dear friends, that you must act. James chapter 2 verse 19 says, You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that. So I want to give you this verse out of, out of Revelations chapter 3 verse 20. It says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and they with me. We're getting ready to, to wrap this up and to bring this to conclusion. Oftentimes I, I tell my, my friends, hey, you done messed up. You gave me the mic. I could sit here all night and talk about the love of the Lord. I want to tell you that today is the day of salvation. Come and feel his loving embrace, the embrace of Christ. Because I want to tell you, as much as we try to fill, a, fill that up with all different types of things, nothing else will do. And if you're sitting there listening to that, you probably thought, I've tried to fill it up with, with alcohol. I've tried to fill it up with relationships with other people. I've tried to fill it up uh, with, with money, with pleasure. And yet you, you still feel like something is missing. Nothing else will do. And if Jesus is speaking to your heart, then I pray that uh, you will ask him to be your your Lord and Savior. Repent of your sins. Lay him at the foot of the cross. Humble yourself before the foot of Christ and give it to him. If Jesus is speaking to you right now, just go to him. Pray to him. Don't put it off tomorrow, what you can do today. Remember, we are never guaranteed tomorrow, only the present only the here, and only the right now. I want to close with this verse out of uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, and it says, For he says, At the acceptable time I listen to you, and on that day of salvation I help you. Behold, now, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now, is the day of salvation. Dear friends, I want to tell you that, that Jesus is, is waiting for you. He's already sent you the, the invitation. He's already made the reservation for you. You have a seat at the table. And really all you have to do is RSVP. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And He will do it. It's that simple to be your Lord and Savior. I want to tell you, dear friends, He is waiting for you. And if He's speaking to you right now, don't ignore it. Humble yourselves and surrender to Him today. And I would say, experience His forgiveness. Experience His love. Experience what it really means to be redeemed and forgiven if you will uh, join me in a word of prayer 
Heavenly Father, we do, uh, we do thank you for all that you have done. We thank you, Father, for this plan of salvation that uh, you've offered to us. We know, Lord, that uh, we can never earn our way into heaven. We can never be good enough. I pray, Father, for all those who are, who are listening right now. I pray, Father, for those who, who are lost without you, who just do not know you as a Lord and a Savior, Father. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. I pray, Father, that today would be the day that you would do a mighty work in their heart. I pray, Father, that you would remove the scales from their eyes, Father. I pray, Lord, as Saul became Paul, Father, that there would be many out there who are seeking you, who are wanting you to step into their lives, Father, but maybe they just don't know how, or they don't know what to say, or they don't want to know what to do, Father. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would move within them that your Holy Spirit will just draw them into you, Father, and they know that you are there for them. I pray, Father, they know that you died on the cross for them. I pray, Father, they would come to you and they would ask you to be their Lord and to be their Savior. I just pray, Father, that you would do a mighty work, maybe reveal yourself to them like they have never known, so they'll know that they are truly heirs of Christ, that they will know, Father, that you love them so much that you stepped out of heaven to walk as a man. I pray, Father, that today is the day of their salvation. We ask all this in the name of Christ and by the blood of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I pray, Father, I pray that you heard that message out there today. And uh, I pray that uh, if, if you are looking, that you'll find a good Bible-believing church. So God bless you. May His grace and peace be with you. And until the next time, may His face shine upon you, and may His peace be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.